Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Business of Medicine series on ENT in a Nutshell. I'm your host, Ashley Nasiri, and today we're joined by Professor Daniel Edelman to discuss operations management and metrics. Before we begin, I'd like to introduce our guest. Professor Edelman is a leading expert in healthcare analytics. He currently serves as a professor of operations management at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business, where he leads the healthcare analytics laboratory. His research demonstrates the importance of data-driven decision-making and operational performance metrics in building business strategy. More recently, his work has tackled the inconsistencies within the CMS Hospital Star Rating System, and he has developed a new rating system that addresses some of these discrepancies. He joins us today to shed some light on the role of operations management and metrics, both at the provider level and within the greater healthcare system. Professor Edelman, let's start with some basics. Can you broadly define the field of operations management and explain how that comes into play both in the daily life of a physician as well as the greater healthcare system? Since the audience is physicians, it's uh, it's a large part of your everyday life. <laughs> operations management is, is a subject about um, the transformation of inputs to outputs to create value for customers. And in the case of healthcare, the customers are, are the patients. And so it's about the conversion of, of patients that come in in a hospital setting, that come in needing care to outputs, meaning patients in this case that are hopefully um, whose health has improved somehow. And in between those, those two points, there's resources that are applied. And so operations management is about how to organize those resources to get the best outcomes as you possibly can. And the outcomes that we focus on, they're usually divided into categories of time, uh, price or cost, um, quality, and variety. And so each of them has a special role, especially in healthcare. So certainly timely care, um, the ability to be able to get in and get an appointment, but also once the appointment occurs, you know, um, shorter waiting times in the waiting rooms and, and those kinds of things. Certainly time is critical, say, you know, in the ED, if you're running a trauma center, say. Um, cost, you can't have low prices without low cost. And so all the things that go into cost, um, supplies and equipment, um, but also people. Quality, which in a healthcare setting, quality is, you know, all your basic um, metrics of health, um, mortality readmissions, um, patient experience. It's also, of course, an important form of quality. And then um, lastly, variety. And healthcare is interesting because um, unlike in other industries where, you know, you can have, you know, in and out Burger, for example, that just sells, you know, burgers. Uh, hospitals are, are um, you know, they have to be able to provide service and treat all kinds of patients, um, pretty much any kind of patient who walks in the door. So managing that variety in a hospital and a healthcare setting is also very, very challenging and sort of part of part of operations management. So the field of operations management is about how to do all those things, um, you know, optimally in terms of creating the most amount of value for for customers, which means being able to improve health as much as possible for you know for a reasonable cost. So how should we use the principles uh, within operations management to improve patient care? And you mentioned things like quality, cost, variety um, as being 
dimensions of patient-derived value, but how do we actually use these broader concepts to enact change and improve the patient experience? You know, the levers that an institution has to has to engage in order to improve uh, time value or price value, quality value, you know, they vary based on what you're trying to do. And there's trade-offs between these things, of course. It's been said that you can have three of these, but not four. So another way of viewing operations management is how can you do more with less? How can you actually move the needle on all of those simultaneously? How can you be able to better get better outcomes serving a higher variety of patients, serving them more quickly, improving access and with less cost? And you need to do all that at the same time. You know, if you want to have short waiting times in the ED, you need to have enough doctors and nurses and, you know, beds um, available which all costs money. So understanding the trade-offs um, is important. There's a few things we talk about in operations management that, that become really central. And one of them is the notion of variability, um, identifying the sources of variability, a variation. And of course, we do this, you know, if you're a surgeon, you know, there's always, um, you know, there's, there's um, variances between the supplies that different surgeons will use. Um, to do the same kind of case. And so um, that's one place where you would see variability. And so, you know, by measuring that variability uh, or that variation and finding ways to reduce it um, allows allows a healthcare system to become more efficient. The principles of lean production, which come from the Toyota production system, you know, um, many of your listeners probably are aware of Virginia Mason, who's um, really embraced the Toyota production system as a way, as a framework for thinking about how to manage their healthcare system. Um, the notion of pooling resources together and, uh, and building buffers, you know, buffers of materials, you know, buffers of PPE, for example, which became very, um, you know, very relevant very recently. Um, and so those are the those are some of the basic things that we think about in operations management and the kinds of things we look to to try to try to do to, to improve value. A lot of these concepts are very big picture, and there seems to be quite a, a strong tie between operations management and overall business strategy, um, and even potentially marketing. Can you go into that a little bit? Operations management is really um, where the rubber meets the road. You know, um, you know, at the end of the day, there needs to be alignment between the operations and the business strategy and marketing. In fact, you know, it's interesting if you look at you know financial statements of companies. Usually, they'll have a you know they'll have a statement about you know about the business, um, and oftentimes they'll say um, you know they'll list some ordering. You know, we want to be of this time, price, quality, variety. We want to be the lowest cost provider that provides the highest quality, you know. Um, and so, um, and so, one way of thinking about how operations ties to strategy is, you know, you have to decide, you know, which two of these time, price, quality, and variety you might want to be the top competitor in, uh, and which ones, you know, you might not be. And so, you know, for example, there's, um, you know, there's hospitals that just do um, very specialized specialized things, they have advantages in terms of efficiency of being able to do those things, but they don't have all the variety. Anyway, so, um, and so, 
you know, the strategy of the firm is, you know, to make, to actually make it work, you need to have the operational processes in place to be able to do so. And, and then, you know, there has to be alignment with marketing because you don't want to be saying you're, you know, you're, uh, you're the highest quality producer if in fact, uh, or provider, if in fact the data doesn't, doesn't support that. Um, the other point of view is, you know, marketing is kind of the demand, you know, managing the demand side and the operations is managing the supply side, uh, you know, strategy sits, sits above it all. Now, in order to have a better understanding of how your system or firm operates, uh, there has to be some kind of uh, performance metric uh, system in place to measure exactly how things are flowing through the system and what your inputs and outputs are, et cetera. Can you go into uh, what performance metrics are specifically and how they're used um, in healthcare specifically? I actually partition the metrics into three categories in healthcare. Um, there's clinical metrics, which are, are things that um, the physicians know about, learn about in medical school and in practice. Um, there's financial metrics, and those financial metrics are, you know, the revenue side, um, you know, in terms of um, reimbursements, claims, those kinds of things, um, but also on the cost side, which come from, you know, supply chain um, and uh, HR and uh, human resources and other things. Um, and then there's the operational data. And the operational data is, um, I often think of operational data as timestamp data. Um, so timestamp data around um, patients that arrive uh, to a clinic and, you know, when they arrive, when they get triaged, when they get their tests sent, when they get the tests resulted and, you know, so on and so forth. All those timestamps that track the flow of patients, not only during a visit, but between visits becomes very, very important um, to be able to, you know, understand how many, how, how, how many visits does a patient have with an in an outpatient clinic. Um, um, and how that leads into um, inpatient stays, how they're related to each other. Um, so anyway, but I break out the data and the metrics into, into those three broad categories. And um, the holy grail is being able to tie them all together. Um, so, you know, if you can tie, um, you know, mortality to, um, you know, to the financial consequences of mortality, to the operational processes that give rise, um, you know, all of that. If you can connect all three of those, um, that's sort of the holy grail in my mind. And, you know, it's easy to usually to combine two of them. Um, you know, you look at readmission rates, you know, which would be operational data, but then you could tie them into the financial consequences of those in terms of penalties and such. Why is it specifically important to measure metrics and outcomes? You know, obviously we want to know how things are going um, in any system, um, but to have specific metrics that allow for data-driven analysis can be useful in many ways. Can you describe how that specifically is used in the healthcare system today? The ultimate goal is to enable continuous improvement. Um, and, um, and, you know, continuous improvement along all the various dimensions of value that I just talked about. Um, you know, there's, there's, the in, there's the metrics for internal use, um, you know, the internal management of the operation. And, and then there's, there's the metrics for, um, for external reporting. So, you know, the reality is 
you know, with four or 5,000 hospitals in the U S you know, there's, there's competition between them. And, you know, we have, um, various rating agencies that, that use these metrics, the ones that are available, um, externally use these metrics in order to rate the, um, rate the hospitals, um, and rate the providers. And there's more and more of this happening. Um, now even, um, there's interest in doing this even down to the, to the, um, provider level, you know, if you've heard of uh, ProPublica's surgeon scorecard, for example. So, you know, these metrics, the ones that are available externally, move the mark, can move the markets for healthcare, um, can move in the sense that the patients, um, you know, might choose different providers as a result of that. And so it becomes very important then that the metrics that are available to the public be um accurate and helpful measures um and because you know you don't want to um you want to avoid the problem of having patients move their care to providers that in fact are not are not as good because then you know you destroy the um the overall goal which i said at the beginning was you know continuous improvement so you know the goal of rating the hospitals ought to be um to inform the public but the the end result ought to be just to improve the system overall um and of course there's um significant consequences not only to public health because of how people respond but also in terms of the profitability of the hospitals themselves um and um not only does it, you know, shit, can it, may it shift to the, the pair mix and whatnot also plays an important role in, in a hospitals or health systems ability to, um, negotiate, um, good terms from private payers and whatnot. And I would say, um, you know, the other part of this is also, um, physician morale, you know, there's already so much burnout amongst physicians and, um, you know, it's really important that the measures you know, provide an accurate representation of, of what the true, um, what the true, um, outcomes are that, uh, that providers are, are, are providing. Otherwise it's just, you know, added to the long list of other things that are, that frustrate physicians. Um, so that's why, um, these metrics are, are very important in terms of the continuous improvement part, you know, um, you know, the, the notion of clinical pathways, and being able to have, you know, they're kind of like the standards that you would see in like a Toyota production system. And, you know, one of the things we know about that is um, the thing that's nice about having standards and why it's important to have standards for how care should be um, carried out is that you can figure out, you know, whether or not deviations are, um, um, are valuable or not. You can figure out, you know, which parts of a clinical pathway actually are helping patients and which ones aren't. And you can refine over time. You know, if you have no standard, you have no way of, of knowing um, whether or not, um, you know, <laughs> you have no scientific way of deciding when deviations from, from certain care routines are, are helpful or not measuring them in some standardized scientific way. So, so it becomes important, you know, internally in terms of just improving the care of patients, improving the financial outlook of the health systems and hospitals. Um, and it's important externally in terms of um, being able to um, uh, give the public good information um, to drive care to where it's best delivered. We're living in a time of uh, growing amounts of information and growing amounts of 
outcomes reporting and different metrics um, being applied to a lot of the processes that we experience uh, in the hospital and outside the hospital. But Ultimately, there are an endless number of endpoints that can be measured for any process. And when you're looking at a process, how do you determine which metrics to measure and which ones are going to help you accomplish those goals of improvement? You know, mechanically, um, there's, you know, you start out by understanding understanding the process and now and how it works now. You know, I, I teach my students to always draw process flow diagrams of things. Um, so, um, but, I, you know, I think this connection between the clinical and the financial and the operational, um, you know, to the extent that you can see that these metrics are driving better outcomes along, you know, those dimensions, either better financial outcomes or, you know, shorter waiting times or, you know, better, better access or better clinical outcomes. I mean, all of those, um, you know, I think you want metrics that you can, you can tie directly to, um, those kinds of things. And, um, you know, that, so financially metrics that drive the bottom line, you know, mult, as I've said before, you know, if you can connect to these different, um, areas of metrics together somehow or another you can get a sort of a picture of of how these um how these metrics can can improve healthcare delivery we've come across the term vanity metrics before what does that refer to and why can those be problematic vanity metrics um because those are metrics that make you look good to others but they don't necessarily help you understand your own performance um so, um, yeah, so, you know, these are like shallow metrics, um, really. Um, this concept's been around for a long time. Um, some of your listeners might, uh, might know something about um, Six Sigma, a uh, very popular um, continuous improvement, uh, quality improvement uh, methodology that's based on statistics that's used in many, many firms, um, originating uh, uh, largely with Motorola and others. But um, anyway, and so one of the big things that happens and one of the big complaints about it is people will put in measures that really don't, you know, they don't necessarily mean anything, but they might, you know, they might, uh, you know, make you look good for some reason or another. When I think of that, I think of measures that aren't necessarily tied to those, you know, clinical, financial, operational main outcomes, big outcomes that you want to be able to, you want to be able to tie into, I would say. Um, you know, there's all sorts of problems with metrics. I mean, sometimes there's metrics that just, um, you know, they're not very discriminating, you know, um, I mean, which is a different, different kind of concept than vanity metrics, but, um, but a lot of the metrics used in healthcare, um, you know, they might, you might have differences in hospitals of just one or two patients that have a mortality or something and, um, or readmission of some sort. And so, um, so you do worry about measures and a lot of care is taken to to make sure that measures that are in that are reported in these ratings um, have measures in them that where there is some statistical discrimination between providers. You also worry about bias in the measures as well. You know, so for example, ODE, um, the ratio of observed say mortalities to expected. I mean, that's a measure that's that's commonly used, but it's also known to be very biased towards patient mix. Um, and so, um, and so you worry about, um, building incentives around measures that are, um, 
you know, that have sort of built in biases to them. You know, the metrics, there's no perfect metric. (laughs) (laughs) I think another thing to think about is, you know, we have as physicians or anyone who works in the healthcare system, ODE, I think, is a great example of something that we focus on um, because there seems to be a lot riding on that that specific metric, but taken out of context, um, that can really misrepresent the situation um, that that number is derived from. And so, just as a as a general rule, to not take any metric out of context and kind of better understand the situation. Um, can you give us an example of a metric or any kind of metric that has um, really incentivized providers or firms to change operations, but that didn't necessarily improve patient care? You know, the ones that come to mind um, to me are are, um, readmission things. When the CMS started with the readmissions penalties, since then there's been a lot of discussion about whether or not that actually improved care or not, or whether or not readmissions actually did go down or not. Um, You know, and there's there's been, um, you know, a number of concerns that have been raised about it. And one thing that's tricky is, is around um, unavoidable readmissions. So, so as physicians, you know that, um, you know, there are certain kinds of patients that just bring with them um, uh, unplanned, unavoidable readmissions. Um, you know, so take, for example, uh, you know, a, a decompensated liver transplant. It didn't make it to transplant. Um, you know, a hospital would end up managing complications of recurrent bleeding uh, that could only be treated with a transplant. But this is your patient now, and so you know, so this is a patient that's going to come in and out and be readmitted over time. And you know, so should hospitals be penalized for these things? You know, probably not. I worry about hospitals not taking certain patients for whom they know they're going to have a bunch of unavoidable readmissions because of the penalties um, that are out there. Now, there are some adjustments in, you know, in these, the way these things are calculated to remove planned readmissions. How about a patient who just misses dialysis for some reason or another and, um, and just comes to the ED? Uh, this is someone who could just randomly, sporadically be, be readmitted. Do we not treat this patient? You know, of course not. I mean, our doc, you know, our physicians want to care for these patients as best as possible. So I worry about um, measures that are um, that don't create the right incentives for doing the best for patients necessarily. So let's say we have a specific process that we're looking at, and we've selected the specific metrics that we want to measure um, before and after we make some kind of change in that process. How does one actually go about developing that method of measurement and implementing it? So this is where the, um, you know, the IT, healthcare IT comes into play. Uh, Accurate and timely reports of these measures um, over time becomes really, really important. And, you know, you have to have a data organization inside, um, inside the health system um, whose job it is to provide this kind of data. Um, you know, I was working with one, I mentioned earlier, you know, the, the, vari- the variation in um, supplies used by different surgeons for the same procedure. You know, I know of one hospital that, um, at least, um, that, um, you know, that actually pushes out reports to the surgeons on, a, you know, like a, a monthly basis that summarizes their consumption of resources and compares their consumption you know, supplies to other physicians. Um, you know, one of the things I've learned over the years is the best way to 
incentivize physicians to compare them against other physicians. <laughs> and so, uh, and it's true for other, other kinds of uh, professions as well. But, um, but certainly, um, you know, showing how, you know, if you're a surgeon, how, you, how your consumption compares can actually help, you know, start a dialogue. I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to have buy-in from the physicians and um, and I, and I think, um, you know, when physicians understand that certain things can improve care for patients, results for patients, outcomes for, uh, the hospital, usually, um, they want to, um, do the best they can. So what are some of the major problems with metrics employed in the medical field, whether they're related to medical outcomes, efficiency, hospital ratings, or even just general health outcomes? What are some of the thing, the problems that we run into? So, you know, I've mentioned some, I mean, you know, the fact that some measures might, you know, they say, say top off, um, meaning that they just don't have enough statistical discrimination to tell, you know, good from bad. There's very few differences. One or two patients when you're comparing different hospitals make too much of a difference. Um, that's a problem. Um, you know, there's the measures that are biased, um, in particular, the ones that are very sensitive to patient mix. Um, I mean, you know, uh, you don't want to penalize patient hospitals because they, they just happen to have a, a more difficult, complex patient population. You know, nowadays there's a lot of talk about measures um, and biases in, um, say, artificial intelligence algorithms and things like that. Um, so, you know, recently there's been um, discussion about measures for that would predict utilization um, for um, that would be used to enroll people into care management programs. Um, and that, um, you know, that, that utilization as a measure might be biased in the sense that, you know, socioeconomically, not all patients may necessarily have the same, same level of access. So, you know, you want to try to measure health as best as you can um, by looking at, um, you know, lab values, <laughs> um, things like that, if you can. Um, and, um, so those are things about the measures. Um, the other big problem around metrics is, um, is just their aggregation. So, you know, when you look at like the CMS star ratings where they give every hospital a rating of one to five stars, um, look, I mean, you know, a hospital is a complicated, a complicated, um, organization. Uh, you can't summarize it with, with one through five stars, um, accurately. You're going to lose some information. Um, but nonetheless, you know, there's better ways, um, of doing it. And some of my research around the CMS star ratings, um, was looking into, um, the latent variable model, um, that they were using to, um, to aggregate those measures up, um, which, uh, had all sorts of um, statistical issues with them, but the thing that really was problematic um, that I uncovered there was that you can have a under that approach for for measuring hospitals. You can actually have a hospital that improves along every measure, but gets a lower score. So you have to worry about not only the measures themselves, um, but you also have to worry about how they're aggregated. And then I guess the last thing I'd say is, um, you know, the data itself is problematic. Not all hospitals have in place the same kinds of, um, you know, internal auditing structure, um, compliance to documentation um, between, you know, amongst physicians and things like that as other um, healthcare systems. And I think a lot of um, currently, and it's hard to know exactly how much, but I do think, you know, to some extent, the differences that you see 
in how hospitals are rated. A lot of it has to do with, or some of it, I should say, at least has something to do with those institutions' capability to be able to supply um, accurate and complete data along various dimensions. Yeah, I think it comes back to, you know, common knowledge that data is always messy. Anybody who's done a research project, almost about anything in healthcare, will never have a very clean and organized data set. And metrics try to make sense of that, but um, the way that you've designed it and the way that your data is set up significantly impact the outcome of the metrics that you've implemented. And so it it becomes important to understand how these numbers are calculated, uh, even as a physician, because that can impact how you may change your practice or how you may reorganize the way that you um, function day to day. How can we, it, as providers in the healthcare system or even as administration in the healthcare system, better design and use metrics to incentivize people that are working within our institutions more effectively? So, you know, certainly the accuracy of the data um, you know, actually, just today I was looking at some data that had, you know, patients, um, you know, that arrived after treatment, you know, and so, um, you know, because timestamps are, are, you know, uh, misaligned and whatnot. Um, you know, I think just starting at the source of the data, you know, I would like to see hospitals um, have internal auditing mechanisms to be able to um, track and correct and um, identify areas where the the data inputs have problems. Sometimes the data inputs um, have problems because, you know, uh, the processes which drive that data don't permit the data to be, um, you know, fail safely, you know, <laughs> inputted in a fail safe way. Um, if you know what I mean, like, you know, I'm thinking of situations where data could be input, you know, five hours after the event, um, that kind of thing. Um, so, um, so that's, that's important. I think, um, you know, providing access to the providers, to their own data, I think is really, really important. It's tricky because of HIPAA and all of that. Um, but I think, you know, in my view, sections of ho of the hospital, um, should all have access to uh, at the very least, their own data and their own analysts to be able to analyze it and um, and serve the physicians in those sections. So I sort of advocate a decentralized approach, um, you know, um, to doing this. Um, certainly, metrics have to be vetted with physicians. I mean, that's just a you know um, they have to be. But it's important, um, you know, as I said, you know, showing data between physicians, but um, providing feedback to physicians on performance becomes, you know, I think that's really super, super, super critical um, to everything, you know, to closing the loop, basically. So you worry about, um, you know, incentives around like RVUs, which is talked about a lot. Um, and, um, you know, I would be careful about um, relying too heavily on that. It'd be nice if you can, you know, bring in some of this other, these other kinds of metrics, um, in, in as well into the, you know, the compensation of physicians and some work has been done around that. For our listeners who are interested in learning more about operations management and metric implementation and design, do you have any specific resources to, um, point them toward? So there's a very nice book by some colleagues of mine at 
University of Michigan called Hospital Operations. And it, um, it goes through different sections of the hospital and it talks about the different operational metrics um, you know, that you want to, you want to look at, it doesn't cover so much of the, you know, the clinical and financial metrics, but on the operations side, that's a very good resource, um, that I recommend. Um, there's of course, you know, national quality forum, you know, has a nice website with all sorts of measures. Um, you know, if you've not been there, you can literally just go in and type in your keyword. Um, you know, whatever it is, your specialty or, you know, the kind of metric or, um, whatnot. And, you know, they, they have this just wonderful repository of, of metrics, um, that you can look at. I have a few papers that I've written, um, around, um, you know, some of these topics that might, some readers might, some listeners might find interesting. Professor Edelman, thank you so much for being on our show today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Do you have any last words of advice for our listeners? You should use data as much as as much as you possibly can um, to bring the evidence that you need um, to affect change. And tying into the other parts, so I think for for doctors especially, being able to tie those metrics into the the business issues, uh, the financial you know, metrics and whatnot, I think, uh, can be very, very powerful uh, for affecting change, not only financial metrics, but operational metrics and so on and so forth. There's a lot to know today um, to be a doctor and in a complicated healthcare system. So wish everyone all the best. Thank you so much, Professor Edelman. Well, folks, that about wraps up our episode of ENT in a Nutshell. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. 